Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad that you joined us today. We want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Welcome to Live Free Church Online. Uh, My name is David McMaster, and uh, I'm a pastoral apprentice with Live Free Church. My wife Anna and I moved to Kelowna about 10 months ago uh, to join Colby and his family uh, with planting Live Free Church. Uh, we believe that, that Kelowna needs more of Jesus, and, uh, and we're, we're happy to be a part of this movement that's, that's uh, proclaiming the name of Jesus. So welcome today. Welcome here. We're glad that you're with us. Um, have you ever considered the big questions in life? I think few of us would say that we haven't asked questions like, who are we, who am I, and what is my purpose here? I think today we're going to be looking at a passage in 1 Peter. He's going to answer some of these questions. He's going to talk about our identity and our purpose. We're going to be looking at identity, who we are. As an example, a few years ago, um, I was in this band called the Elk Tribe, and we would play lots of little um, gigs and, and venues around town. We played a couple festivals, and I remember one day, I'm originally from Salmon Arm, um, I was walking at the, the, the mall downtown, and I went into a, a clothing store, and uh, there was a lady there that, that pulled me aside and said, hey, aren't, aren't you that guy that plays in the Elk Tribe? And I was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, you play the, the fiddle in there. She's like, I've been watching you guys. Um, and in that moment, I realized um, that I had an identity. Someone had associated me with something that I was a part of. It was even crazier. About um, a month ago, I went on to Facebook Marketplace, and I was trying to buy something. And I went to this guy's house um, in Kelowna, and I went to go purchase the, this thing. And I went there, and he opened the door, and he's like, hey, aren't you that guy from the Elk Tribe? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, that's cool. I saw you guys play a couple years ago. Um, I remember you, you played the fiddle. And I'm like, that is interesting. Um, I, I promise I'm not actually that, that memorable, but there was an identity that I had. People recognized me for being a fiddle player in a band, and it was the identity that people associated me with. I was defined by an identity, and I had a purpose, and people saw that. Now think about the church for a minute. We've been called to an identity found in Christ. The question I want to ask in this this sermon is, do you know who you are, and do you know the purpose that you have been called to? What we're going to see is that your identity will lead to your purpose. We're going to look at what it means to be a part of God's identity and the implications that come out of knowing who you are. I think a lot of us have identities that that define us. Uh, Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your, your strong convictions. Maybe it's your social status or your online following. But Peter's going to show us here in this passage who we really are as Christians. He's going to show us that our identity is ultimately found in the gospel. It is found in who God has called us to be and in turn will lead us to see what God has called us to do. Before I read the passage, if you're here, if you're exploring Christianity today, my hope for you 
is that you would see why at Live Free Church we love the gospel, we love Jesus, and we believe that he can set you free. So if you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be in 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10. Um, it's toward the end of your, your New Testament. We're going to be using the CSB translation, um, and it'll be on the screen beside me. 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10 says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter, uh, Peter here is speaking to the church. And he uses a lot of Old Testament imagery and references in this passage. And, and it's things that we can't do a deep dive today, but I encourage you to go look at, at that. We're going to instead look today at, at two things that I think Peter brings to light in this passage. And it's our identity and our purpose. And I don't know if you noticed, but Peter, Peter gives us a reminder of who we are, our identity, our purpose, and the implication of that identity. And I believe that this is just as relevant and necessary today as it was a few thousand years ago. The first thing I want to see is our identity. Peter says six things of who you are and the privileges you have been given as a result of who you are. The first thing, you are a chosen race. This is speaking about the church. And, and I want to say that this is not um, a racial thing. As John Piper would say, the chosen race is a new people from all peoples, all cultures and all colors, who are now strangers among this world. In other words, our differences don't define whether or not we are chosen. Only God's love does. If you are a Christian, you've been chosen. It's not an accident that you are a Christian. If you're not a Christian, it's not an accident that you're watching this. Who are you? You're chosen. It's not based on your accomplishments. It's not based on your culture. It's not based on your social economic status. And it's not based on how religious you are. You're chosen because God loved you and he gave his life for you. The second thing, you are a royal priesthood. The identity and implication of this is incredible. You have the privilege of having direct access to God. In the Old Testament times, people did not approach God directly. Instead, a priest would act as an intermediary between God and sinful human beings. But here's what happened. Jesus came down. He was victorious on the cross. And that pattern changed. And no longer do we need a priest to go before us so that we can encounter God, but instead, through Jesus, we can encounter God. We all have access. I love this quote um, from Tim Keller that illustrates the kind of access that we have with God, even more the kind of royal access we have. He says, the only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. We have that kind of access. We are part of this royal priesthood. This, this speaks both to our identity and it speaks to our purpose. We now all have priesthood privileges and responsibility. We can come to God through Jesus, but even more, we can bring people to Jesus. 
so that they can have that same sort of access and they can know that same sort of love. The third thing, you are a holy nation. And it's this idea of being set apart. You are different. You are distinct. You are God's holy nation. We are God's people. Corporately, we're the church. And God has called us to be his. There's also this sense of devotion to God. We are people who belong exclusively to God. Our citizenship is not in Canada or British Columbia or Kelowna. It might be for a temporary time, but our long-term eternal citizenship is in heaven with Jesus. But that means we live according to God's standards, God's law, which is a side note, we can't even do perfectly. We can't, we can't live up to God's perfect standard, which is why Jesus God's only son came down. He came to earth and he came to live that perfect life, that perfect, holy, righteous life so that we, when, when he went to the cross, he exchanges that for us and then, and then he gives us that so that we can be a set-apart people. We can be holy. We can be God's. Therefore, we live as a set-apart from the world, as a holy nation, as the church. Fourth thing. You are a people for his possession. You are God's people. My, my first thought was, aren't we all gods? God created the heavens. God created the earth. He created you. He created me, animals, mountains. Everything already belongs to God. But this is different. We are set apart. We are chosen. We are royal as a, as a result of the redeeming work of Christ. We are God's people, and we are his possession, and he cherishes you. But I, I think it's important to remember that, that possessions cost something. Think about the possessions you have. Chances are they cost you time, they cost you money. Whether it be a car, a house, a boat, whatever it might be. I know for me, um, a couple of years ago, I, I saved hard for this guitar, I worked long hours, I, I saved and saved, and then I went and, and I bought this guitar that I always wanted. And, and when I got it, I cherished it. I, I remember um, polishing it. I kept it in this nice case. Um, if you've ever had a new guitar, you know that it has a good smell to it. So I'd smell it, kind of like a new car has a, a new car smell. Um, but I cherished it. I protected it. But there's always some level of sacrifice to obtain a possession. We are God's possession. But we were bought at a price. And it cost God. And it cost him his life on the cross. We are God's possession and he delights in us. And, we, and when we understand that, we start to understand the love that he has for us. The cost of your life was worth him sacrificing his own life, which I believe is a, a beautiful way of, of seeing God's love. You are, fifth thing, you are called into God's marvelous light. Whether Christian or not, we have all at one time been in darkness. And let's be honest, the darkness sucks. The darkness is where you feel unsatisfied, 
where you'll feel lost searching for something you can never find, where sin controls your heart, where idols, which are things you make the ultimate thing in your life, take over your life with no satisfaction, where you feel isolated, unknown, unloved, unworthy. And if you haven't felt that way, you've probably medicated those feelings with things like possessions, work, status, money, relationships, sex, TV, alcohol, whatever it might be. But we were created and called and designed to live in God's glorious light, not isolated from him. We need to know that the good news is is this. The gospel transforms those things. Jesus transforms those things and has the power to bring you out of all those things into God's marvelous light. But there's also some mystery into being called into God's marvelous light. Marvelous is this idea of being, of, of meaning great wonder or extraordinary. It's hard, I think, for our finite brains to even comprehend, but when, when you do, it's, it's the only word to really describe it as marvelous. And that's where you feel that you're known, you're loved, you're cherished by God. What you're looking for is only found in the light of Christ. That's where you'll find purpose. That's where you'll find your identity. And that's where you'll find meaning. If you're not a Christian, you're watching this or listening to this, God is calling you towards that light. I truly believe that he is pursuing you because he loves you. He wants to bring you into that light where you will be seen by him, where you'll be known by him, loved by him, cherished by him. And I'm telling you, once you, when you come into that light, the only word to really describe it is marvelous or extraordinary. The sixth thing. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And I think this is my favorite statement. And it's something that we need to remember every single day. You have received mercy. And this is the definition of mercy. Mercy means God's compassionate treatment of us, even though we deserve the full measure of his justice. We serve a God who's compassionate. Let that sink in for a minute. We serve a God who's compassionate, yet we deserve the full measure of his justice because of our sin. As an example of what mercy looks like, um, Peter, who wrote this book, walked with Jesus for three years as Jesus was on earth. And, and when Jesus was arrested and put on trial and destined for the cross, Peter denied him three times. Three times he was asked if he was associated or if he knew Jesus, and he said no. Jesus goes to the cross. He dies, but he rises again three days later. And before he ascends to heaven, he comes to Peter, and he asks him three times. He says, do you love me? Peter says, yes. Jesus says, do you love me? Peter says, yes. Do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. In that moment, Jesus could have denied Peter. Peter denied him three times. Jesus offered him mercy. He offered him grace to Peter. He was forgiven. Even when we mess up, he offers mercy. Lamentations has this beautiful verse 
in the Old Testament, it says this. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord offers you mercy every single day. Once you had not received mercy, now you have received mercy. So this is your identity. You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a people for his own possession. You are God's people. And you've been called into a marvelous light and you've received mercy. So what? Why is remembering these things important? Why is establishing our identity and purpose important? Well, here's your purpose. And it's at the end of verse 9. It says this, So that you might proclaim the praises of the one who called you. In other translations, it says, Proclaim the excellencies of the one who called you. So what does it mean to proclaim the praises and the excellencies of Christ? Well, first thing, I think it's worship. I don't know about you, but I long to be back in a theater, in a place where we can gather corporately and we can worship together. We can proclaim the praises of Christ together. But our identity is defined and our purpose is to worship. Your identity leads to your purpose. And that purpose is to proclaim the praises of Christ But there's also this responsibility that comes with it. There's an evangelistic call that we have in proclaiming the praises of God. When we understand our identity, we actually become a signpost pointing to whatever has defined us. Therefore, if our identity is is found in Christ, we're naturally going to be a signpost pointing to Christ. I believe that we need to be proclaiming the praises of God to a lost world. That's why we started Live Free Church. It's so that people would hear Jesus. They would hear the gospel. Think about it for a minute. If you found the cure to cancer, you would have to tell people. How could you not? It would be crazy to withhold something so valuable, so, something that could save potentially millions of lives. Yet we've been given the greatest message, the cure to our sin, to our shame, to our brokenness, to our unrighteousness. And that cure is Jesus and the message is the gospel. So how could we withhold this message? God has called us from darkness into his marvelous light. Our identity has given us a light to shine. Sometimes I look at myself in the mirror, and I think, that's who you decided to save? And yet God knows the worst things I've done. He knows the worst things you've done. And yet he still decides and chooses to save us. That's the God we serve. It's surreal, but it's the God we serve. If you think you deserve to be saved, you're wrong. You didn't deserve anything. You deserve the full measure of God's justice as a result of your sin. So marvel at grace, marvel at mercy, and marvel at the love that Jesus has for you. So with the best message in the world, why wouldn't we share it? You are part of this marvelous light if you are a Christian. 
So proclaim his goodness and his praises. People are always watching, whether it be your coworkers, whether it be grocery shopping, whatever it might be, people are always watching you. And how awesome would it be if people saw Christians who were proclaiming the praises and the excellencies of Christ? Not out of guilt, not out of religious duty, but because the gospel has so changed you It's so deeply impacted your life that how could it not? It just radiates out of you. At the beginning, I told a story of how people recognize my identity as being in a band. Do people recognize the identity that God has called you to be? Do people see God's marvelous light shining through you? And I don't mean you have to be put together. I don't mean that you have to look perfect. What I'm saying is, is do people see that we as Christians have a meaning of life that suffering can't take away? That we as Christians have an identity that's not based on differences, but on Christ? That we as Christians have a grace that's not achieved, but received? And we as Christians have a savior that gave his life for yours. God has given us an identity And he's given you a purpose. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you might proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us, that you've called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And Lord, I pray that we would be a light shining to people. Lord, that we'd be people filled with your praise, with your worship. Lord, would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you direct us? Would you help us to remember who we are, that we are chosen, that we're royal, that we have priesthood privileges, that we can come to you. Thank you, Jesus, that you you lived, you died, you rose so that we could be free and so that we could shine a light for people to see. Would you lead us in our week? Would you help us to, to glorify you in everything we do? We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.